a Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Raven, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Boy, do we have a cold day in the Big Apple. It is freezing, and I've been in Florida for the last couple of weeks where the sun is shining and the weather is sweet, and it just beckons you forth. So coming back to New York, love it as I may, is a little challenging. But uh, that's not the subject of today's show, although we will be taking the temperature, you could say, of a better world over this past year. And part of a big part of a better world is your participation, and that comes in the form of listening and donating, which we always so appreciate. And that can be done through our website simply at www.com abetterworld.tv and we accept of any size donation. It's a contribution. It's an investment, truly, in a better world and keeps us on the air, keeps us going, radio and TV and a number of the other projects that we are deeply involved in having to do with uh, personal health and wellness as well as planetary health and wellness. Those of you who listen with any regularity know that that is our aim. That is our commitment to bring knowledge, information, education, and inspiration to the airwaves and to the world at large, basically. Uh, We don't want to limit it to the airwaves, but in fact, in the very soul of our being, Uh, to express ourselves in the world in a way that is um, radiant and positive and loving and kind and benevolent and compassionate and understanding and patient and not too patient and um, active and engaged and becoming stewards, really, and bringing in, of course, a level of humor when possible, if possible, uh, these are all real, real aspects, real characteristics of what this radio show is about and what all the work that we do here in our little humble place in the middle of New York City to uh, actually create a better world. So I want to just reach out to those of you all over the world. It's just so much fun for me to know that we have people well all over the United States for sure, for which I am grateful, make no mistake, as well as we have people in Canada, as you would imagine, and the UK, yes, all these English-speaking countries, but we also have people listening in Senegal. We also have people from South Africa. We also have people from Mexico, and that is fun. I am truly pleased that uh, we're gaining a Mexican following um, so they can have some sense that the United States is not just populated by Trumpsters. Um, With all due respect, especially to Mexicans who have been so verbally abused by the current administration. It's just enough to bring 
tears to one's eyes because of the the veritable lack of knowledge of history and the relationship between Mexico and the United States and long before the United States was here um you know Texas was part of Mexico and uh, other parts of the United States once belonged to Mexico so you could say that some Mexicans are just visiting the old homeland you know what a different way of looking at things wouldn't you say and we have people in Australia of course and uh of course there's no of course about it but um it's a pleasure to have our Aussie friends and brothers and sisters tuning in and of course there's the Brits the Brits indeed they always are involved in everything as we know they had uh an empire that really rivaled none for a long period of time in our history. They said the sun never set on the British Empire. Well, things have changed a bit, and I dare say they are changing again when you have people in positions of leadership who aren't actually leaders. It does a tremendous amount of damage to our U.S. reputation. One should not judge a country by its politically elected leaders. <laughs> no, because these days there is so much um, <clears throat> different levels of manipulation and propagandizing and, well, I guess it's come to be known as fake news. So, it's really hard to discern what's actually true and real and what's not. And, of course, that is one of our favorite subjects here at A Better World is to understand uh, the role of intuition and uh, gut intelligence that it is mediated surely by the mind and the mind should definitely be mediated by the gut intelligence if you want to have anything intelligent happening. But uh, we've been uh, equipped, you could say, with several brains and we really do want to use them in some kind of uh, harmonious um, and related way so that we're not dominated simply by one, the intellect, and that's often considered the domain of the left hemisphere of the whole head brain, and we don't spend enough time in our hearts and the heart brain, if you will, which is a brain. God knows we have tens upon tens of thousands of neuroreceptor sites in and around our heart. It is a brain, folks. And actually, it's quite an independent, autonomous brain. Uh, it receives information from the head brain. Of course it does. <clears throat> but it also has ability to function very much on its own in many respects. Nothing functions completely on its own. We're completely interconnected and interrelated, and we know that. And this, uh, our biology just further um, kind of a, makes that kind of redundant, that reality. And then we, of course, have our gut brain that is right 
smack in the middle. That's for you Brits. In the middle, maybe just <laughs> for some of you, <clears throat> um, of our guts. And there, wow, we have again many thousands of neuroreceptor sites. And we see that it is also the home of our immune system, the famous microbiome. So interesting that it's in the space of digestion, quite literally, that our immune system is at its predominant uh, position. So what does that mean? What are the implications? Well, if we have a healthy gut, we take probiotics, and we have a good diet, and we know how to manage our stress, whether we're moving to the right or to the left, down or sideways, we are centered and can navigate and negotiate life as it comes to us or as we go to it. <laughs> the word it is a funny word in context like that, isn't it? What does it mean, it? But <clears throat> we all have some kind of fundamental understanding of what it is in a sentence like that. Um, I want to just um, mention, it's kind of funny, we have had uh, a lot of male listeners, and it appears that our female listenership has a bit fallen off, and I don't know why. Um, what would appeal to a woman in what's happening in a better world? Well, I'd imagine that things having to do with taking care of each other, but that's a fundamental uh, aspect of everything we're talking about all the time. It's not just intellectual stuff. It has so much to do with having compassion for people, with social justice, economic justice, political, and environmental justice. It's taking care of Mother Earth herself, the greatest feminine energy to be found in this corner of our universe, let alone on Earth. So, dear women, please come, come to a better world. We love your input. In fact, let me just say before any further uh, comments, uh, I do appreciate hearing from y'all. So, if you were to contact me best at mjr at abetterworld.net that's my initials mjr at abetterworld.net and tell me your thoughts, your comments and your suggestions for shows of what you like most Uh, that's really helpful actually that information that I receive directly from you helps to inform influence and shape what we cover here. So uh, I just wanted to mention that. And we also really like to appeal to people of all ages, 18, 16 and up, quite honestly, up to the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. You know, people who are alive, who want to make a difference, who want to hear information and have thoughts about what we can do 
individually and collectively to create a better world. And I know that we all have different ideas about what that looks like, clearly. However, there are certain fundamental um, values that we here at A Better World very much represent. And they have to do with health and wellness and kindness and compassion and patience and understanding and integrity and uh, being honorable and being dignified and being loving. Yeah, loving. You know, I often look at a world in chaos, as I'm sure all of you do as well, and wonder what the heck is going on. Why is there so much infighting? Why is there so much conflict? Why are people so ill-prepared for working things out between themselves, of finding settlements and peace and reconciliation? I mean, do I really have to go on and on about why this is important? But if these are the themes, these are the motifs that very much populate uh, these shows every single week. And we've been doing this for many years on here since, oh, about 2012. And on before this, Progressive Radio Network since 2006. And before that, periodically on WBAI from 1990 forward through 2006. Those were shows that I co-hosted with Catherine Davis, uh, my old good friend and Qigong buddy, um, and with a number of other uh, hosts at WBAI, which is part of Pacifica Radio, which is having a hard time. They just always struggle. There's so much so much, I don't know, it seems like infighting there. I mean, why, why, dear Lord, is there so much infighting almost everywhere? And why can't we just, as Rodney King from L.A., who was virtually gunned down by the police many moons ago, said, why can't we just get along? Why can't we just get along? I mean, is it that difficult that we cannot be understanding enough and sensitive enough and attuned enough that we can really hear each other out without ego, without our own agenda, just hear each other out and then switch roles. That's what we do in therapeutic theater. We switch roles and that way we make sure that everyone at the table Everyone at the party understands each other and understands and knows what it's like to be in someone else's shoes, to walk that mile. There's suffering everywhere. And the heart and the mind of humans are both vastly and allows us to really put ourselves into each other's shoes. It really does. Now, there's another aspect to that. This is not just some kind of subjective hokey-pokey. There are resonance fields. Everything is part 
of a resonance, just like every tone, every note in a piece of music. It is there. And so we are here, and we are, you could say, walking forms of music in a certain way. It's been said before. I know it's a bit of a lovely poetic kind of statement, but there's an actual truth to it because our organs connect with uh, pieces of music and they are vibratory as are all of our tissue and every thought actually has its own signature, its own vibrational or energetic signature. And that allows for us to resonate, you could say, on the same level, on the same frequency. And if we are indeed on the same frequency, we are able, like tuning into a radio, hear each other on the level on which we mean to be heard. Got that? Yeah, that's that's uh, a big, big thing understanding, listening, not just with the ears, but with the heart. And we can even go beyond that, interestingly, not beyond like bigger, but other levels of listening with our gut. And if we were to be aware, we could also listen with our skin and we can listen with our bones. What? Our bones Our bones are conducting frequencies constantly. One, it's what keeps them alive, and us, actually. And our bones conduct sound. So we are truly, yet again, you could say, walking, moving music in our human beingness. Interesting. Do you like hearing things like this? Well, let me know. Let me know. Another way that you could possibly be in touch with me is on Facebook. Um, I have a Better World Media page and a Mitchell J. Rabin page, if I'm not mistaken. I don't get there as often as I should, but indeed, I do go. And um, it would be wonderful to catch up to you all there. And you can visit or even query or all sorts of things. That's not happening now. Sorry about that. Anyway, let me come back to uh, the subject at hand for today, which is reviewing this year's activities here at A Better World and ask the question, who is doing what to create a better world? We will take some look at some of the interviews, which I will get to in a moment, that I've conducted over the past year, or as Mitchell has conducted over the past year, as we head toward 2018, and what is happening in the world at large in several different sectors. Since creating a better world is a holistic systems enterprise of vast proportion. It is best to review what's happening and what's possible on local and global levels. Clearly, we are all connected no matter where we live, no matter what our economic condition may be, no matter what our social condition, because 
I really like to talk about human beings as a species. Now, that does not negate any lick of cultural identity. It actually adds a larger one, a species-wide identity. And while I think it's very wonderful to be identified with one's own uh, of birth culture or of a culture that we have selected to participate in deliberately and consciously by moving through job transfers, through schooling, through adoption, through foster homes, through internships, through externships, you name it, all of the different ways that people circulate around our beautiful planet are ways that give us tastes of each other's cultures. And I know for myself, I have been really blessed in so many ways uh, to have been able to travel um, starting fairly early in my life and going beyond uh, this country into Europe and South America and Central America and Asia and Northern Africa, as in Egypt and Israel. And uh, I probably took one step over the good fence into Jordan and maybe the same thing into Syria <laughs> long ago, long before all of this nonsense has been happening. It's enough to make you just cry the amount of suffering that is taking place on our, and our, in our world at large. And in particular, what's up, man? What's up? So many people feel they have to emigrate. They have to leave their homes in order to have food, to have clean water, to survive, to not be gunned down. And oftentimes they want to come to places like Europe or Canada or in the United States. And uh, so what does that mean? It means that here in these places, and I would say also Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, a uh, number among those uh, places that seem most popular for uh, immigrants, for refugees, is um, these countries may be somewhat economically more stable, uh, more prosperous as a generalization, even though there's tremendous suffering in each of those places I mentioned, and tremendous poverty as well. But the overall standard of living is probably a bit higher, and that goes, of course, for Europe uh, at large. And um, I know the phrase is EU, but I'd rather that the Eastern, Eastern European Union was not really formed because I feel that it has um, sort of damaged and homogenized the cultures that are so rich, like Italy and France and Espana and Germany and Belgium and Luxembourg and Holland and Netherlands and UK. And, you know, there's been some homogenization. Um, and uh, I don't think that's a good thing. That's sort of like when you go to an exotic place and the next thing you know you see a McDonald's on the corner or a Pizza Hut in Shanghai. I mean, please. 
Um, I remember I was actually in Paris at the time when the first McDonald's opened up there, and people were, including me, appalled. How could you take this beautiful, wondrous, historic city? It's a the city is a landmark in itself. It's a historical snapshot, you know, and uh, it represents such richness over the course of centuries. And then a McDonald's? Are you for real? And, of course, this is what has happened all over the world. And, you know, it's, um, I call it the McDonaldization of our society. And it's, uh, it's a serious problem. It's a serious problem. It's one of America's big exports, and I'm not fond of it. It's one thing that it be the Hollywood movies. Go for it, man. Or even, I guess, Apple phones. But, you know... You've got to really scrutinize everything because to come back to the question of who's doing what to create a better world. Well, on one of our very popular shows here in the United States of America is a show on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called 60 Minutes. They have done so many exposés on important subjects. And one of them that comes to mind, talking about creating a better world, is one on the deliberate psychological and physical manipulation that cell phone makers design and program into the phones. There are different little subtle ways they have of bringing people back and training the brain, literally to become virtually addicted to the phone. And the phone is emitting EMFs, electromagnetic fields, constantly. And all we're doing over time is finding out just how much more dangerous they are. I know you don't want to hear it, folks. I know nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to say it. It just happens to be true. And we need to take that in stock to the extent that you are able not to put a cell phone to your ear but to rather use the speakerphone or earbuds of one sort or another they're all different levels of them um, or you know headphones of some sort headsets to keep the phone away from your physical body to keep a distance There's a reasonable distance and there's a dangerous distance. Close. That's too close. So you really want to be mindful of these things that we're engaged in every single day. So uh, I also wanted to address uh, these favorite quotes of mine, which for those of you who have written to me over time, see the signature at the bottom of my uh, signature on email. And it's two main quotes. And that is first the one by Margaret Mead, famous anthropologist, who I had the 
austere pleasure and privilege of meeting when I was all of 18 years old in my first few months of college at Bard College in upstate New York, and I went with my anthropology teacher, Dr. Mario Bick, to the York Hotel in downtown Toronto for an anthropology conference at which he was presenting. And a group of us hopped in a car, and we went, and we, uh, God, I don't remember all those details. Where in the heck did we stay? But at that conference, I was standing right next to Margaret Mead, and uh, once married to Gregory Bateson, for those of you who might know these names, and I hope many of you do, quite honestly. And if you do not, do look them up, and you will understand the celebrity of both in very different ways, but both highly important. Um, Margaret Mead, and I did not meet Gregory Bateson, but that would have been another major uh, beautiful moment in life. I did meet a gentleman and interviewed him who was uh, sort of like um, Margaret Mead's stepson or foster son, not technically, literally, but he was uh, acting in that capacity for many years because they were really quite close, interestingly. So, just to say, he worked with the runes. His name is escaping me at this moment. Uh, He worked with the runes from ancient Scandinavia, which were a storytelling, prophecy-revealing kind of system where there are marks on rocks. And he brought them here right to our studio here in New York City. And I did an interview with this very interesting gentleman and his wife, who had been an acupuncturist who I had first met. Wow, we, that was quite some time ago, ladies and gentlemen, quite some time ago but certainly a wonderful and uh, enriching time. So here is Margaret Mead's quote, and I quote, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Wow. So, never count yourself out, folks. No that you, yeah, you, the one listening right now, the ones, all of you listening right now, are truly part of the solution. Unless you choose to back out and play passive and uh, just, you know, become a consumer and not look at really what our potentially powerful role is in shifting and shaping and influencing outcomes, influencing and shaping our future. What is that other great phrase? If you want to know what's going to happen in the future, make it. I love that. I don't know who said that, but he or she deserves tremendous credit. Our other one on my email signature is from the great Buckminster Fuller, who said, You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. 
Now, that is so true, and it's brilliant, as it is really aligned with the understanding in neuroscience that we have, which is resisting something doesn't build anything. It just results. It just resists what's already there. And granted, there are times when that's the right thing to do. But there are many, many others where, you know, you say, you know what? I'm just going to build what I think is right. I'm going to farm the way I think is right. I'm going to listen to those radio shows, those podcasts that help me feel solid and stable and uplifted and secure in my own point of view because they empower me. Yes, they empower me. And I can therefore actively engage in the building of my dream, which is a dream for all people, not just mine. It's a peculiar idea, just mine when we know we are part of let's go back to it a species that's the truth so when we build we're building for all yet we're building locally because we can really only function locally for the most part working systemically thinking systemically I should say think locally or as they say think global Act local, or I've modified it too. Think universal, act local. (laughs) Be universal, act local. That's okay. You can be very cosmic and be right where you are sitting or standing or exercising right now. It's got nothing to do with it. We are always horizontal and vertical at any and every given moment. So let's remember that. It's not like, I'm going to now go be spiritual. I'm going to sit on my cushion and I'm going to pray to my altar and now I'm being spiritual. Well, you can certainly do those things and they can be spiritual. But what makes it spiritual? I really ask you, What makes something spiritual? Well, it's because there's something going on that is spiritualizing because it's a verb. Call it an adjective, but it's really a verb. It's the making of something sacred. (laughs) The word, actually, from the Latin is sacrifice, sacrificio. That's that. But We think of it as martyrdom, you know. It's gotten co-opted by the Judeo-Christian and primarily Christian um, ethos and zeitgeist. So sacrifice, I'm making a sacrifice. Well, to make a sacrifice in reality, that is etymologically to be true to the meaning of the word originally, is to make sacred So when we sacrifice, we're making sacred. It doesn't mean doing without, though it could include that. So what do we mean when we say spiritualizing or spiritual? It means we're bringing a certain kind of attitude to the party. 
It's a certain holistic, systemic, synthetic, simultaneous, synchronistic, alive, awake, deeply caring, deeply aware, omnisciently so, of what is above and what is below. Wow. That's spiritualized, baby. That's right. That's spiritualized. That's being alive and awake and in the flow and aware and tuned in and sensitive to our environs. And that is what creates a better world because out of that space, we hold integrity. Our skeleton stands high and we are relaxed and our mind is at our dantian, our center, that gut intelligence. And we pay close attention to all that's around us and all that's in us and everything that's above us and everything that's below us. It's kind of a global awareness. And if you feel anxious or if you feel depressed or if you feel sad and any kind of emotion that's sort of removing you from your center, play this game. Do this exercise of remembering that to sacrifice means to make sacred and that means to come home to yourself. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And you can engage in all that I said, the four directions, above, below, center, sensation in the center. And that is called centering. Just keep centering. Allow your consciousness to drop into your body. And this is where so many good things happen. This is how so many good things happen. So I want to move on to, uh, yes, indeed, I just realized I have one more quote that I imported just for today's show. And they are two. One is, we are who we are looking for. And, quote, be the change you want to see in the world. That, of course, is Mahatma Gandhi. The first, I'm not sure. I'll have to say anonymous <laughs> for the time being. So listen, I just want to remind you all that you are listening to A Better World Radio. Your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, we're so glad that you're joining us again today. You know, I'd really encourage you to Take the link from this, either from our website or from Blog Talk Radio, wherever you get it, and uh, forward it to your friends. Let them hear and listen and tune in and get a sense of this sort of dynamism that happens on this show so regularly where the sense of getting picked up did and cared for through the airwaves, man, you know, is a wonderful thing. And I hope also that you learn various nuggets that are perhaps psychological or emotional or um, spiritual, you know, in nature, so we can communicate on some similar levels. 
And certainly you are welcome to just call in during the shows if I'm interviewing someone or on a roll myself, uh, then I won't necessarily be tuning in to your questions at that time. But you can always send them to A Better World through my website, my email address, mjr at abetterworld.net. If you do not yet get our newsletter, go to abetterworld.tv and um, sign up for it. It's free. It comes out only once a week, and it announces the guests we're having, if we are having guests, and it announces certainly the themes of each show, and it discusses also sort of what's new around town here in New York. I also frequently make reference to our uh, A Better World, Heaven on Earth, Tao of Relationship Salon that takes place in New York City, downtown, uh, every other week at 6 p.m. at TRS. So if you are a New Yorker or a New Jerseyer or a Connecticuter or a Pennsylvania-er and you would like to come, I mean, all of you are welcome, but it would be a bit of a commute from South Africa, wouldn't you say, mate, or from Australia? I wouldn't expect it. I'd love to have you but I wouldn't expect it. Mexico, ah, we're getting a little closer. Mi español no es bueno. Todavía. At least so far. It's getting better. It's getting better. Despacio. Anyway, you are welcome to come, and please also make note that we do appreciate your contributions, your donations, if you live in the United States, these are tax deductible. A Better World is a foundation, and we are a 501c3, and there is a donate button. Please send through PayPal as friends and family, and if it's anything uh, more than, you know, say, four or $500, um, and you don't want to send it through PayPal but by check, just let me know, and uh, by calling me at 212 420-0800 or the email, even best, mjr at abetterworld.net and I'll be glad to help you out with uh, the relevant details. So, another part of what I wanted to go into today, as mentioned, is just a quick review of some of the radio shows and TV shows that have been on this year. And uh, I want to make mention first of one that is taking place tomorrow, sort of a, uh, an addition to the regular once a week. Sometimes I do two or three times a week, and I think you know that. Uh, tomorrow is going to be with uh, a lovely gentleman, Dr. Earl Crane, who has been an advisor to the President of the United States during the Obama administration, and to financial sector executives, multiple Fortune 500 and 100 companies, in respect to their cyber defensive strategies. When he worked last, his last post in government was, in fact, right directly in the White House, reporting directly to the president after he did a stint at Homeland Security and helping work out their information security strategy and policies. 
So Dr. Crane uh, from Carnegie Mellon um, in Pittsburgh is now the CEO of a company called Emergent Network Defense or END. Re, uh, network defense and um, it's a, a very strong company that is making a wonderful difference in uh, the world based on what it's doing to um, here I'm getting harassed here by my computer <laughs> isn't that just so funny um, how does that happen uh, restart options. It's just <laughs> I don't know what it's doing. I don't know what it's doing, but uh, I'll try to um, let that be that. But coming back to emergent network defense, you know, hacking has become such a major, major dangerous, disturbing, privacy invading kind of activity going on in our world and um, it is uh, indefensible quite honestly and so network our company emergent network defense is there to help to uh, ward that off it's such a big problem any kind of cyber attack but it's gone beyond that it has to do with the new, you could say, digitized economy at large. I mean, look what's happening with cryptocurrencies, and Bitcoin and Ethereum, and these things are gaining great, great momentum, and uh, everything is virtually online at this point. So it's very interesting, and all the more reason to be equipped with security and safety. Uh, we can even take a look at AI, artificial intelligence, and the way it is just... Uh, propagating all over the world and I have my own opinions about it which is it's not a good thing in some contexts I think it is and can be a very good thing but to the massive extent it appears to be taking over ordinary society and reality I am not in favor of quite honestly and the same thing with I owe Internet of Things. I don't need a refrigerator to remind me to pick up some cream. I just don't need it. Or to remind me of how many calories I burned or consumed in a given day. If I want that information, I have ways of going to get it. I don't need a talking refrigerator. So it's curious, isn't it? It's curious. So just to say that... Uh, all the more reason that we need protection because we sure don't want our vacuum cleaner. A friend of mine was telling me that he bought, what is it called, the Rumba from Amazon. And as it was bumping into the furniture in his living room, it was recording and making note of what size, you know, couch and chairs and tables he had and what their dimensions were and where they were located. And that information got fed back to Amazon. And the next thing you know, he was receiving emails or being uh, kind of accosted online by uh, new furniture ads, things like that. You know, it's just crazy. But that's the kind of world in which we live. And it's, it's not all good. 
you know, driving cars, self-driving cars. What's that about? You know, as I say to people, everything hinges on trust. And the other thing it hinges on is integrity. And in order to trust, you need to have integrity. And in order to have integrity, you need trust. (laughs) They have this symbiotic relationship. And um, so just to say, this is important to kind of make mental note of. If we trusted, if we could trust, let's just say, governments here in the United States or in all of the places that y'all live, you know, um, life would be rosy because we know that that thing, that entity that we all pay taxes to and we we hire them to provide certain collective services for us, infrastructure, etc., that it's getting done. And we don't have to worry about it. They're not competing with us. They're not trying to kill us. They're not trying to spy on us. But what has evolved over the course of decades and centuries is that we have very nosy, very corrupt, often spying and uh, debilitating government officials who are not doing their job but are doing all sorts of other things based on their own self-interest and not serving the people that they were elected or appointed to serve. It has become self-serving. And our governments, certainly here in the United States, and I dare say everywhere else, are more interested, by and large, with some exceptions, in their own well-being and uh, steadiness and uh, economic stability than they are in actually serving the people. Now, I think there are a couple of brilliant um, exceptions, and I think they mainly tend to be up in Scandinavia. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Sweden, Finland, Norway... Denmark to a large extent, um, the Netherlands as well. You know, look, there's corruption everywhere, but it can be dealt with. And in those cases where it is lower, people are being served. So let's just review a little bit of the past shows of this past year. I have had the wonderful privilege of interviewing the futurist and evolutionary economist, builder of the solarized age and economy, Hazel Henderson. I was just with Hazel a couple of weeks ago in St. Augustine, Florida. We spent a couple of days together. I did a TV show and a radio show with her, and uh, we got a chance to speak at length about... uh, what's happening in the world, the conflicts we are facing, and what are the solutions? Moving, driving forward with solutions. That's the way we need to be in this world, driving for solutions. I had on I on television, I interviewed, I aired the interview I did with the lovely Natasha Kolsar, who is Russian by birth, 
moved to Prague early in her age, uh, early in her life, and married a Yugoslav artist and moved to the south of France to be in Omram Mikhail Ivanov's community called La Bonfin, and then at some point thereafter moved to Philadelphia and thereafter to Montreal. And when I met her, she was living out in British Columbia, Jaffrey, British Columbia, in a beautiful community, hundreds of acres in the Canadian Rockies, called Ideal, the Institute for the Development of Education, Art, and Leisure. We don't hear that word often these days, do we? Leisure. Well, Natasha was a very dear friend of mine. I just loved her and love her to this moment. She's not with us in the physical body any longer as of a few years back. But uh, that's a sad, sad thing for me to say because I just so enjoyed her in her physical body. But fear not, I also enjoy her in her etheric body as well. You know, once a friend, always a friend. Once a brother and sister, always in some ways. So um, Natasha is still with us. That was an interview I did with her up in Jaffrey in the lawn where we used to do uh, the wonderful Rudolf Steiner Eurythmy. So um, I spoke with her about prenatal psychology and a number of other things. So um, I spoke with, I'm going back in time a little bit, uh, you know, slowly progressing back, regressing, I guess you could say, with um, the new New York City Council uh, Councilman, Keith Powers. That was uh, in November, early November. At the time he was on, he was just a candidate, but indeed, just a few days later, he was elected. So, Keith, we wish you the best, and I look forward to interacting with you in your new political position to help humanize New York City even more and to ecologize, environmentalize it all the more and work toward greater energy efficiency, energy and environmental conservation and upgrading everything, education, cleanliness of the city, transportation, solarizing the city, having electric vehicles or hydrogen vehicles, as the case may be, you know, uh, just little things like that, reducing taxes, making the city more livable and beautiful. It is a great city, there's no question. But when you live here, you also see those things that could improve it. Um, going back in time a little bit, I had on Paul Slockis of Good News Planet, host of that radio show, who I am so fond of, Paul. He's been on the peace mission with Good News Planet for decades. And God knows a better world and Mitchell Rabin are part of it. That's for sure. Uh, <clears throat> we had what we call Yogi Man, Mark Becker on, who runs the expos in New York City, Fort Lauderdale and West Palm Beach sometimes and elsewhere. Mark Becker, good friend. Again, that's a local uh, colleague of mine in New York. 
then we had Super Brain and Health with Bill Downs, who is a nutritional formulator. God bless him, doing fantastic work to uh, help people get nutritionally healthy. And for more information on that, because A Better World is one of their affiliates, please contact me at mjr at abetterworld.net and we will hook you up as we will with the wonderful Moder. Moder. That's right. That's for our French listening audience. Um, they now manufacture the BioCell, which you've heard me talk about time and time again. So now we have the liquid BioCell, which makes people beautiful into their late age and uh, helps with joints and helps with hydration because we lose hyaluronic acid about 1.5% a year after age 35. And that leads to trouble, my friends. So having hyaluronic acid in the way they do it, of the right molecular size and weight, the only way it's really absorbable, maximally absorbable. And that's what they have. And we have $10 to give to any of you who want to place an order. So again, just contact us. It's actually right on the front page of our website. And you can click on the right-hand column and see and open it and order any number of good, clean living products having to do with, God knows, all the way from your body and skin care to your laundry detergent. Everything is toxin-free and really, really quality crafted. And um, you, if you tell other people, instead of using my code, you'll use your own and get store credit, basically. And if anyone is interested in the business aspect of that or what I'm doing with Bill Downs, Victory Nutrition International, certainly feel free to contact me. And on that same note, since I've gone down that nutritional pathway, I will tell you that we are also an affiliate with Purium, which is, God, they are probably the cleanest, greenest products to be found anywhere. It's very exciting. And uh, for your interest there, we actually have a $50 gift certificate. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. There we go. Happy Kwanzaa. You know, feel free to contact me again at that web at that email address, mjr at betterworld.net. And if you place an order of $75 or more, you will get a $50 gift certificate given to you by A Better World. And that's just our pleasure to do. And, well, my God, if you place an order for $100, you'd only be paying 50 So that's the way to think about it. And um, I also interviewed a gentleman who is a rabbi. Well, I re-aired it, I should say, of Rabbi Gelberman, Rabbi Joseph Gelberman, originally from Hungary, escaped the Holocaust. His wife didn't get out, his daughter didn't get out, but he did miraculously and he moved eventually to New York City and started the interfaith movement beautiful man 
another Taurus, as a matter of fact. And I interviewed him in the last months of his life, it ended up. Talk about listening to your gut. And um, he uh, died at 98 years old. Beautiful man. Interviewed him in his kitchen, his penthouse on the Upper West Side. <laughs> so, these are just a smattering of the interviews. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the one by Cat James, two of them actually, one in April, one in September. Cat James was the author of The Truth About Beauty. And I just spent this past week with Kat at a retreat on the West Coast. Uh, not the West Coast, West, I'm sorry, of Fort Lauderdale at Amy Lee Brady's, uh retreat, the Bounty of Love Retreat, Bounty of Love Ranch. And, oh, you should definitely look this up. She was a wonderful hostess. Just loved her. Everybody did. And she was part of our retreat. And, oh, my God, did we learn things about health and wellness and nutrition, all centered on a major discovery, which happened not that long ago, of the master hormone leptin. I'll spell it for you. L-E-P-T-I-N. Leptin. I think it was before 1990. Nobody even heard of it. It hadn't been discovered. Interesting how no matter how advanced technologically and scientifically we may be, where we were in the 80s, we still didn't have any kind of substantive knowledge of, or maybe even awareness at all, I have to find this out, of a main hormone in the body called leptin. But since there have been an extraordinary number of articles that have come out about it, and uh, I mean in the area of 8,000 plus, and we have come to understand, and Kat James is the expert on the subject. Oh, I so adore her, and her knowledge is just beautiful. Uh, that when we are leptin sensitive, sort of like when we are insulin sensitive, we have a much greater functionality of our thyroid and our hypothalamus, and they control metabolism, which is to say controlling every single enzymatic interaction in our body moment to moment of which there are trillions. And if we are eating sugar in any form, like wheat, bread, pastries, or directly like sugary ice cream or what have you, fruits even, ugh, most fruits I should say. Yep, ugh again. We are not leptin sensitive except in some uh, exceptional cases by and large once we get over a certain age and only it seems that by removing oneself from all forms of sugar 
can we become leptin sensitive? And then leptin kicks in and that dynamic allows the thyroid and the hypothalamus hypothalamus to do remarkable things in the body by mediating metabolism in, well, the body's intelligent way. And it allows for the disappearance of cancerous activity or of MS activity or the like, degenerative activity in the body starts to get reversed. And the stories she has to tell are extraordinary. So it looks like I've been focusing a fair amount on nutrition and health when I take a look over this past year. And indeed, these are very important. You know, as I mentioned at the beginning, folks, A Better World focuses on personal health and wellness and well-being. But it also focuses on planetary health. Out of these two, everything is made. We're micro. We live in our own human community inside our physical body and then just outside of our physical body. Our electromagnetic field, our morphogenetic field, our quantum field. And I would refer you to interviews I've done about and with some of the uh, founders of the HeartMath Institute. Such a beautiful place where they really focus on these subtle domains of the heart brain and creating coherence of that brain. My God, I did that when I was on PRN, an interview with them. And Marilyn Schlitz of the Institute of Noetic Sciences at the time, who was president of it, and uh, a film had come out that was just superb, a documentary by a Dutch filmmaker, the name of which is escaping me at the moment. But uh, if you go through our archives and put in those names, you will find. Uh, And these are just some of the subjects we deal with here at A Better World. I see that I also aired an interview I did with the linguist and filmmaker Helena Norberg-Hodge, who is Swedish by birth, has lived in London for a long time, and did an extraordinary uh, study in Ladakh, which is a, a country, basically, a nation, inside the country of India. And she tracked it from when it was pristine, i.e., no Western influence. Guess what? Everybody was healthy. Everybody was happy. Everybody was employed. Everybody had a farm. Everybody had farming to do. Some then also had different types of crafts also. Family was everywhere. It was sort of almost like one big family of a country. Um, they practiced their religious and spiritual disciplines they made music they made art they had celebrations they danced they wrote I believe they wrote they spoke their own perfectly beautiful language they had clean air quality soil 
delicious running water, and then Western influence infiltrated. Yep, McDonald's, yep, and all those other box stores to come. Before you know it, you have people watching TV and getting addicted to imagery of material consumerist bounty and unemployment, something they had never known occurred, alcoholism, on and on. These things were not known in this precious, pristine country known as Ladakh. Well, Helena is the one who brought this awareness to everyone forward through the work she did with the Ladakhis. She learned their language. She's a linguist. She has a, a skill for that. But in fact, that is what she did. And it is nothing short of impressive. So these, again, are some of the examples. I did a lot on the... Um, political arena in the United States during the election um, time earlier uh, in the year. I also, you know, expressed a fair amount of frustration with what was happening politically in our country, which means politically in the world, because the United States is so so bloody influential. And um, is that a good thing? Well, if the United States was truly the robust, ideal, free, freedom-loving, generous, kind, benevolent country, it has been at various points in its history, well, that would be one thing. president we currently have, it's hard for me to say that even now. Um, has obliterated that. He he doesn't stand for anything good. Making America great again, of course, presumes that it was great at another time. But the closer you look with a magnifying glass at America, you see a lot of blemishes. And one of the gentlemen that just got elected yesterday in Alabama, yep, Doug Jones, overcame the powerful Roy Goodman. Wow. Now, those of you who live in other countries may not know what the heck I'm talking about, so I'm not going to dwell on it, but I will say that uh, someone who could be considered essentially highly prejudicial, if not a racist, um, and someone who was said to have been fondling girls who were underage when he was an assistant attorney general at age 32, fondling a 14-year-old girl and others of similar age, this is just reprehensible. He was asked to leave the Supreme Court on which he was a judge. He was Fired twice in his career. What kind of character is this? But our president was square 
until the last minute. This is scary because there's no integrity. There's just some kind of very poisoned and perverted belief system. There's no integrity and there's no character. Now, I'm not saying that no one means anything good, that there isn't some intent for good for others. I believe there is. But I also believe that there's too much self-interest, way too much self-interest. And that is poisoning the pot. It's poisoning the pot. But on a happier note, and a much more advanced note, I also interviewed the wonderful theoretical physicist, although what he's saying is not theoretical, Frithof Kapra, who is the author of many books, and first of which was The Tao of Physics, when I first came across his work in the mid-1970s, when I was a wee tot, but I could read. <laughs> I'm playing with you. I wasn't exactly a wee tot, but I was a lot younger. And Frithof Kopra was a major influence on thinking of the relationship of science to spirituality, East and West, and looking at that common ground and he really broke through and helped so many of us confirm what our guts were saying, what our gut knew to be true. And Fritoff Copper did a tremendous service to those of us who were in that space um, and to the world at large, I believe, by breaking down barriers between science and spirituality, by opening up the space for conversation and looking at quantum physics from a very physical, bodily even point of view. Very interesting. Um, the bio, You could say the quantum physics of biology. I never put that phrase together before, but I did just now. And I would say Fritoff really had a lot to do with that. And I've been taking his wonderful course, A Systems View of Life, for the past several months, in September actually, and it's been very enjoyable, and I would certainly recommend it to any of you who find this kind of information and knowledge and brainstorming and imaginative wanderings and creative thinking interesting and valuable, because Fritov Kapra has really put it together in his course called a systems view of life. And uh, if you contact me, I'll gladly get more information to you if you haven't found it yourself online. So, you know, there are just so many things to share with you, and I'm so glad to do it, but I also do not want to try anyone's patience with a show that is too long. So I want to just say Thank you to you all, and I want to wish you all happy holidays, whether that is Christmas or whether that is Hanukkah or whether that is Kwanzaa or any number of other wonderful holidays that people of spirit like to honor and to celebrate. Uh, you know, there is so much suffering in the world, and we here at A Better World so take it to heart it's honestly part of my everyday reality. I seem that I cannot forget 
and leave behind prayers for actions to support who are so less fortunate than us at least materially and do not necessarily have a meal to eat every day or if they do maybe they have one and maybe it's not all that nutritious and you know the rest of us who have meals to eat and have a roof over our head and have clothes to wear and education and a decent livelihood, a meaningful livelihood is what I call decent. Um, You know, we have to just remember those who are less fortunate, that's all. And especially at this time of year. So... Habitat for Humanity, Food First. Um, There are so many wonderful, Feeding America. Wherever you go, there are wonderful organizations. And then on the environmental side, Pachamama Alliance is so good, doing so much work. And A Better World stands squarely behind its work, too. And we, too, are a small but potent kind of force so we do appreciate I fund most of what goes on here out of my own pocket and uh, you know any help truly from five dollars to do I hear anyone for fifty (laughs) thousand yeah in fact that's what we need folks about fifty thousand to move us to another operating level with our media, with our editing, and to help support some of the projects we have underway, having to do with solarizing, having to do with building a renewable energy economy, about helping people become self-sufficient in regard to their own food sources and water sources, clean water sources, of recycling water. It's too much to go into now. But suffice it to say, we are up to a lot of good here at A Better World. Now, there are different ways that you can participate. One is, of course, simply sending us a contribution of money, which is tax deductible, and that is so appreciated. Another is buying the health products, the nutritional supplements that we have that we uh, are affiliated with. One is on our website, Moder and Biocell. Others are coming in short order. If you are interested in the others, such as Build Downs and the work, if you listen to that interview of Victory Nutrition International, just contact me best by email and I will provide you the information needed. It's primarily in the United States and Canada. It has gotten and can get shipped abroad. Not a problem. It's a little pricey to deal with the shipping, but it's going to expand to Europe anyway for distribution. And also Purium. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. A huge order of mine just came in just before the show today and I just got pre-excited as I was unpacking and if you go to iShopPurium.com 
and you put in for your coupon code a better world one word a better world when you're checking out if your order is $75 or over you will get that gift from us of $50 so or if you want more information about it again email me put it into the subject line and I will get back to you and discuss the other ways are contribute so that's a way of contributing to us and to you directly I would say any contribution is a con is a contribution to us and to you but that's a material form through amazing nutritional supplements and the next way is through utilizing our coaching services our life system biofeedback services or our HEB our harmonic energetic balancing program which is a 24/7 energy balancing which goes for $600 for the first year but then drops by $50 every year to stabilize at about uh 400 or so at this point I haven't raised the price of actually lowered the price of it year after over the years I should say and it's stabilized for a long time so it's very very good news anyway these are other ways because all the money goes to supporting a better world from the sessions from the HEB program and of course that involves helping to support me so I can breathe life into this this foundation god knows but truly these are ways that we like to give back to you directly and it also benefits us and there are social enterprise potentials in all of these as well just let me know if you're interested also another way of giving is through internships if you have skills in social media if you have skills in website building if you have skills in video editing please let me know because these are very important to us as well and with the world as it is today someone could be living in bangladesh and still do uh video editing for us here in the big apple of New York City and that goes for all of you in South Africa and Aussie land and Mexico and everywhere else so um please know we love you all we so appreciate your participation in a better world and it really is up to us folks we're on a cliff right now with global warming and climate change and it doesn't matter that people some people the tiniest tiniest fraction I don't even want to mention it uh but there are very specific ways Paul Hawken who we need to have on the show um his last book is called Drawdown and it's all about it's like a map of what we individually can do to make a better world to create a world with at least a slowed down uh climate map so there will be fewer refugees and maybe god knows maybe we can even turn this whole thing around now it's true there are uh natural cycles of climate change it's just the way it is but what we have done over the last 
several hundred years is accelerate that cycle so profoundly it has literally changed the landscape of our atmosphere, of our oceans, of the poles, and of everything. And we just simply need to turn this around. Our earth is what keeps us alive and we must be respectful and proper stewards of our beautiful, beautiful earth. So on that note, I want to just thank you all again for tuning in and any contribution you are able to make. And I want to wish everybody a wonderful, wonderful, healthy, happy new year. We will be on again tomorrow with Dr. Earl Crane, as mentioned before. And we'll be on through the new year for sure. In the meantime, this is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. And I look forward to seeing you all next time.